What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here. And yeah, you know, we lose there was there was a very slow day yesterday, so we opted to take the day off there and uh, and, and, and spare the uh, the the nonsense for uh, for a while. But what we did say that we wanted to do today was we wanted to come in and we wanted to do a little little best and worst of fantasy football in 2021. Some of the best picks that were made in drafts, some of the least, you know, some of our least favorite picks, not necessarily ours, but just kind of picks in general. Uh, we're going to do that and, uh, and, and go around with uh, a number of different best and worst plays. I have mine. Adam's got his. But Adam, before we do that, um, obviously some NFL news uh breaking around here uh all over the place uh obviously the covid news is abundant joe mixon everybody on the eagles now micah parsons uh for your boys um it's taking a it's gonna end up taking a toll out of it for uh for people who still play in those week 18 games yeah and i mean i know as the week goes on you're gonna see more guys sit out too you know i know all these coaches are saying yeah everyone's gonna play but you already started seeing it with the Bengals and Joe Mixon testing positive. They've already ruled him out. Joe Burrow said he's going to sit. And I think you're going to start to see it with some other teams too. Or what could happen is some of these guys don't play the entire game. You know, especially if a team gets a lead, uh, maybe they see the scoreboard and a team that they're chasing for a higher seed is, you know, winning by 14. They'll be like, all right, it looks like they're going to win. We can't move up. Time to get the starters out. So that's the complications of the final week of the season. If you use it for fantasy, uh, it could look good right now. And you're like, Oh, it's not too bad. And it could just quickly fall apart. Yeah. Oh, you drop right out from under you in a, in, in a heartbeat. No doubt about that. Um, I'm not in, I don't have any leagues that go to week 18. I'm not worried about that. I did put out the, uh, the DFS watch list uh, over a DFS alarm and just kind of, you know, spent the majority of my time just focusing on, you know, teams that have, you know, are in must win situations here. Um, and then as far as like just some other teams that, you know, might not, you know, that, that players who, uh, who are looking to, uh, to achieve some milestones, right. You know, like Cooper cup is, you know, they, they, they're playing a win, but he wants to break Michael Thomas's single season, you know, receiving yard record. You've got Justin Jefferson who wants the 1600, uh, Mark for this season. Plus he wants double digit touchdowns for the first time. So, you know, definitely some stuff that you got to check it out over at DFSalarm.com. Uh, and just, you know, obviously stay in touch with the news. Uh, we've got the COVID blog um, and we do it for all sports, for well, for basketball, for for hockey and for football. Um, each each sport has its own COVID blog that you can go and check out and, um, you know, just see who's gone on, the you know, who's gone on the list, what date they went on the list. And, you know, basically then where that coincides with uh whether or not the player is going to be you know when, when he's going to be available uh to you whether it's season long in in the other sports or dfs for football all that fun stuff uh for sure um adam what about uh how about, how about cam Akers and derrick henry both returned to the practice field uh at the same time um tennessee is going to likely be in a must-win situation because kansas city gets denver on saturday um I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I don't see I don't see Derrick Henry getting his usual carries. I, I only see Cam Akers getting a small handful of carries. But this is obviously gonna gonna eat into other people's workload. Yeah, I don't know if Henry's gonna play. 
you know, he just started practicing. So I don't know if he's going to play. There's no reason for them to push him in and they're likely going to get the bye. Uh, so <clears throat> I don't think he plays. I think Akers might get a handful of touches, but you know, it's not going to do anything to, to Sony Michelle. Still in on Sony Michelle for DFS purposes. Um, probably. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. But for season long, if you play in week 18, you got to start him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who do you start? Uh, Kenneth Gainwell or Sony Michelle? Michelle. <laughs> Just, hey, man. You know, Kenneth Gainwell is going to get mad touches in this one, right? Well, no, Mike. No, Michael Parsons plug in the middle. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it. Come on. <laughs> I know you're tired. I know you're weary. <laughs> but come on. Get it. Gainwell. Let's get on him. I just I love that. I love that. The, the, the people who can't let go of certain things like that. Um, it's very, very comical. I actually heard somebody like taking a victory lap on recommending DK Metcalf early on in the season. Uh, after his three touchdown game this past week. Oh boy, come on, man! Really? Like, this is this is why you stay you you stay with a guy like DK Metcalf. I told you to stay with a guy like DK. But that's I saw that tweet. I saw that tweet. I was like, really? Like, come on! Like people are sitting there, man. They're cherry picking stats and tweets. Oh my lord! It's crazy, crazy. Well, that's why I wanted to do a little. Best and worst. Uh, so, you know, we can, we can kind of pick on people for making stupid picks. We can pick on ourselves for making bad picks. We can also uh, pound our chests for uh, guys that we like. So I'll tell you what, Adam and I are going to take uh, a quick timeout for this illustrious commercial break. And when we come back, the best and worst of fantasy football 2021. All right, Adam, here we go. Best and worst of 2021. So, so I ask you, do you like starting with the good? Do you like starting with the bad? No, we can start with the good. Start with the good. All right. Go ahead. Um, you know, do you have a, a particular pick that you made that you called to everybody? You told them to do it. Um that was particularly delicious. Yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase, that was someone that I really liked a lot. And, you know, he finished uh, in PPR formats with the fifth uh, most points per game. So, you know, he became cheap, especially after the preseason negative things that came out. It suppressed his price a little bit. And, you know, pretty much every week uh, he produced. I know he had that uh, one point performance in week 15. Uh, but pretty much every other week in PPR formats, he was uh, double-digit points and uh, had some monster weeks, including the uh, final week of 55.6, uh, sending people to championships. So uh, Jamar Chase, definitely. I mean, he started going in the seventh, eighth round of some drafts. I even saw in one of my leagues <coughs> where I couldn't get him because I already had like, I think it's six or receivers or seven. I told my friend, I'm like, damn, man, I cannot believe Jamar Chase is still here. Someone's going to get a steal. But we just couldn't do it because we had enough wide receivers. So, yeah, I mean, he really started to fall down the draft board in some leagues. Yeah, well, that was that was the the, the best. I mean, I was I was in on him, but I was like I, I was probably one of the people responsible for for his helium. 
a little bit because I was, you know, I was playing that whole narrative of, you know, <laughs> the team is not going to draft a guy just because their starting quarterback demands it um, unless they're going to, you know, have him throw early and often and, and, and crazy like that. And and then all of a sudden, then we got that report that the uh, the footballs are a different size and the stripes on the football. There are no stripes on the football like there is in college. And and the drop started to happen for for Jamar Chase. And then, yeah, like you said, he started sliding down to like that seventh and eighth round. And you were like, man, I mean, at some point you just you can't let him slip any further. Yeah, no, it was a great buying opportunity for those that stayed the course. Yeah, I didn't have enough of them. I did not have enough of them because of that. Because of that. Um, I tell you what, a, a pick that I made that, you know, it was just one of those, like, I'm going to punt. You know, every once in a while, I'll go with it. I'll just, I'm just going to flat out punt quarterback, right? I'm just going to, you know, whatever. I'll take what I can get, like, towards the tail end. I'm just going to go heavy on running back wide receiver and quarterback. And there I was, and it was probably like, Man, it was it was like the twelfth round, and I was like, "Why is Tom Brady still sitting here?" And you know, you look at Brady's ADP, and you know, I get it. You know, he's going on his you know, age forty three season, but was there anything about his first year in Tampa that like made you think that there was going to be a decline? And and I started to, you know, at least in in leagues where I didn't, you know, uh, I, I wasn't going up against Impemba. Um, because he's a huge Brady Homer, um, started sneaking him in as like a, a possible backup. And I actually had more shares of Tom Brady, um, this year than I, than I, I ever would, I ever had in, in my entire fantasy football career. Um, and I'll tell you, man, it, it's paid massive, massive dividends. Yeah. I had Brady in a league too. And I think he was undervalued because if you look at what he did in the second half, I mean, he put up huge numbers and now he was getting a full off season to work with the best array of talent he's ever had. So I was a surprise that he put up the numbers he did. I mean, Godwin, Gronk, Evans, Brown for a brief period. So yeah, I was not surprised at all because he showed it once he got acclimated so the new players and system last year in the second half, I mean, he went off. He definitely went off. Definitely. Definitely. Um, another good call that you, uh, that you made that you liked. Uh, Deontay Johnson, like no one talks about him. And I, I think he was a great pick. I seen some leagues where he went in the fourth, fifth round and it just feels like he gets undervalued every year. He will be again next year. I guarantee you when you start looking at early drafts, he'll go in the fourth, fifth round again. Now, I know we don't know who the quarterback's going to be last that next year, but he finished seventh in points per game in PPR formats. Just a ultra level of consistency. Yeah, you know, uh, double digit targets in all but what, like four games this entire season? That was. And he finished with double digit points in every game he played. Yeah, rock solid. I mean, Except again, one. he had 9.8 in week 15, so close. See, it's one little speed bump here. It was probably Big Ben's fault anyway, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like that. I, you know what? I didn't have enough Deontay Johns. I didn't. I, I don't think. I'm trying to think. I think I only had him in one league. In one league, I don't remember who the other guys going around him in ADP wise. It was 
just a big group of wide receivers that were kind of similar. That's why it was like uh, Godwin, Cooper Cup, you know, that area. Yeah. All right. Let me see. Well, yeah, that's I didn't have enough Cooper Cup either for crying out loud. But yeah, where's Deontay Johnson? All right. So ADP there going around. Yep. You look at it. Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins. Um, yeah, that whole uh, that whole range right there. So it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting spot. I wonder. I probably went with more Adam Thielen than anything else. <sighs> it was good, but it wasn't great. Um, wasn't as good as taking Austin Eckler. I got you know what? I, I'm definitely going to be proud of uh, of of trying to talk up uh, Austin Eckler. I think I had him higher than most people in my PPR rankings uh, to start the season. Just a big believer in Joe Lombardi and the offense, bringing that over from the Saints and what that was going to do to Austin Eckler's performance. And, you know, you take a look at right now from a just fantasy points alone in a PPR format, uh, Eckler was second overall, right? Like people, I had, I think I had him ranked third in the PPR format. And people were like, what the, what the hell's wrong with you? Why would you put Eckler there? And I explained, you know, my thought process for it. But you know what? I'm looking at it right now in a full point PPR format. And just, you know, regular stuff. There's no bonuses for 100 yards or anything like that. Jonathan Taylor was by far and away the best with 360.6. Austin Eckler, 314.9. The next guy behind him is Najee Harris, and he didn't even crack 300. So, I, you know what? I'm, I don't normally like to toot my own horn here, Adam, but beep, beep. Austin freaking Eckler, man. Yeah, I liked Eckler a lot, too. Um, I only got him in one league. It was an NFFC league because a lot of it depends on where you picked in the draft. So, uh, you know, I figured he was going to be heavily involved in the passing game, get the goal line carries, love the Chargers offense. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that he had a big season like this. No, I'm not surprised at all. I please, I banked on it, man. I love it. I love it. Who else? Give me in the, give me more. Give me more. I'm gonna I'm gonna start bragging about James Connor. Yeah, start that, was my, James? that was my next one. Yeah, Connor for sure. Ah, yeah. Tell and, me. Um, I I only got him in one league. I was not I was not high on him. I just wasn't. Um, I got him in my home league because I went Jonathan Taylor in round one, and then heavy wide receiver. Um, cause we start three and two flexes. So, um, you know, I got my three down back in Taylor. Now I'm just going heavy wide receiver tight end. So now I got to fill the gaps and, and, and find that one RB two that I can plug in. And Connor was one of those guys that I took, um, and man paid huge dividends. Uh, he was the 10th among running backs in PPR formats and points per game. I mean, 16.4. So, uh, you know, the first couple of weeks were a little rough. And he was very reliant on touchdowns early on. But once Chase Edmonds missed time, I mean, Connor just got massive workloads. Now, of course, we knew injuries were going to be a possibility. And it did catch up to him as he did not play week 16 or 17. But you don't get a zero for that. You could have picked up Rashad Penny or a, a bunch of other guys. You could have had Chase Edmonds for crying out loud. I don't think he was dropped in many leagues. Um, but, you know, Connor got the job done um, and he was pretty cheap. Connor definitely got the job done. All right. Well, if you're going to have Connor on your list there too, then I'll just move to wide receiver and go with Jalen Waddle. Here's another guy who, you know, ADP wise, uh, you know, he kind of fell into this, um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm digging them up right now. Yeah, right, right into that. You know, Michael Pittman, Will Fuller, Waddle, Gallup, Mike Williams. Um, you know, I, I made sure that I added Waddle a couple of places because of that same thing that we were just talking about with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, right? Like, you know, Miami goes out, they bring in Jalen Waddle to make Tua feel much more comfortable. They give him that, you know, that that reliable slot receiver that Miami hasn't had since, you know, they let Jarvis Landry go. Um, you know, and it was, you know, I mean, I, I mixed it up a little bit here because, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Mike Williams, Marquise Brown uh, and Michael Pittman. But I made sure that I got a little Jalen Waddle in there. Um, you know, it's it's like the uh, it's like the squeaky wheel gets the grease theory only on draft day. Yeah, um, I'm surprised that he was this good. I mean, I think he caught a break with some of the injuries they had too. you know, Fuller. I thought they were going to spread the ball around a lot in that offense. And Fuller basically didn't play. Parker missed time. And then Tua just looked for Waddle all the time. Right. Just kept peppering him with target after target after target. It was. It was very, very nice. All right, I got one more before I let you go with yours. I gotta <laughs> I will pat myself on the back for the Colts defense over and over and over again. They I gotta take a drink because I'm like dying here right now. Cause I'm I'm, I'm I get a little choked up about this because so so they they lead the league in takeaways, right? They had a couple of games where they you know they didn't put forth a a, a big score, a huge score. But consistently, they were a defense that performed for you, right? More often than not, they were good. They were solid. They were big on turnovers, um, and and they were good at capitalizing on. Darius Leonard is is insane, right? He's just, I mean, he's just he's on another planet half the time. But the reason that I like the pick so much, the reason that it's you know to me, I mean, it's really it's a very underrated thing, is that their bye week was week fourteen. So you literally, if you just left them in there, and that's what I did, you know, it was like Colts kicker and the Indianapolis Colts defense. And you just leave them in there for for 14, for 13 weeks while everybody else is like sitting there, oh, well, I got to find a new defense or I got to find a new kicker or whatever. You don't have to think about it at all, right? So you could focus your fab or your waiver claims or anything like that on the positions that need to be focused on the most and then yeah then then at the uh at the tail end when it's week 14 it's the final week and you're like all right now i can stream in another defense here i'm sure there's somebody who's going to be available and there always is there always is so i mean i'd say for for a lesson learned for people adam grab a, a good strong defense and kicker if you play with kickers and defenses that has a super late bye week it pans out man helps you it does uh, I don't think you need to. I think that you can stream defenses weekly. There's enough. Um, yeah, I, I mean, did the Colts have a historic season? No. So uh, did it really give you a huge advantage? Like, what were their weekly scores? It wasn't that they gave me a huge advantage. You know what? It, the advantage that it gave me was that I didn't have to worry about my kicker or my defense. And they were both they both put up solid points. It wasn't um, here. Let me find some uh, overall fantasy scoring here in uh in this league that i've got boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 third highest third highest scoring team defense patriots and cowboys ahead of them 
Right. So, and the Cowboys, you got for nothing. You got off the waiver wire. Cowboys, yes, you got off for nothing. Yeah, no doubt about it. But I'm saying, if you're sitting there, I, saying, I got the I got the Colts defense in the last pick of uh, last round of the draft. So yeah, it's fine. I just don't think you have to like look for a defense that has a week 14 bye. I mean, if there's a good defense out there that has a late bye week, I'd rather you know I'd rather scoop them up than take a. Uh, another defense that's going to cost me a, a a waiver claim or a waiver pickup in like week six. Yeah, but don't you play mostly in all fab leagues? Do I play mostly in yeah. all fab leagues? Yeah, I would say yeah, so probably it's not more. Cost you a lot, a couple bucks here or there. I mean, you don't need to spend 50, 60 bucks on a defense when you're streaming. Oh, I've seen people do that. Well, I've I seen don't. people do that. I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it either. That's <laughs> Well, I think the Colts pick up there was a nice little savvy play, and it panned out nicely for me uh, all over the place. I mean, you know, well, again, it wasn't the big difference maker, but it was a, a rock solid one. Well, give me another best pick thing. Give me another good thing. Uh, Leonard Fournette, I mean, finishes the fourth running back in points per game in PPR formats, and he was pretty much not wanted in a lot of drafts. People just weren't sure what was going to go on in that backfield. Would it be? A split with him and Ronald Jones, would Gio Bernard be the third down back where they all take away from each other? And Fournette wound up going cheap and carried a lot of people to the playoffs. Yeah, I was uh, I was still feeling the burn from the year before. I regret it. I mean, guy had 69 receptions, man. It was nuts. But did you did you think that Fournette, like how much Fournette did you have this year? Uh, just one. And what, and how'd you feel when you when you drafted him? Were you like, this is gonna be a sick pick? No, I'm like, he's a talented back that had a good run in the postseason. Let's see how it pans out. And it did work out. It's but so I didn't see out. it was gonna be this great. Oh, I know me neither. And I was still, I was just so bitter. So bitter. Um, all right. I like it. I like it anymore. Uh Debo Samuel. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think about him this week? Do you think Jalen Ramsey's going to shadow him? I don't know, because they, they don't they don't shadow all the time. And, you know, they'll obviously find a way to get the ball in his hands, whether it's end of rounds, rushes. So I think he'll still find a way to make plays. Do you think it affects him? I mean, you know, if, if Jalen Ramsey's not going to shadow him, Ramsey plays the majority of his snaps, in, you know, as the slot corner. Right. So, you know, if you're San Francisco, do you leave Debo just on the outside and just, you know, say, screw it. We're not going to match him up there against uh, against Landry. Yeah. Move uh, him away. Jalen Ramsey, I mean, mm-hmm. move him away. Move him away. He plays a lot more on the outside. I'm curious. You know, I'm going to have to, like, try and dive into that one there and figure out what the, what what his numbers look like uh, from slot. There's got to be there's got to be a website that does that, like breaks it down into such a granular kind of thing. Well, the first time he faced the Rams this year, he had five catches, 97 yards and a touchdown and five carries, 36 yards and a rushing touchdown. Ooh, when was that? Uh, week 10. Week 10. So but all right. So no Elijah Mitchell week 10. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So great game there against them before. I'm going to have to look at some coverage numbers there uh, for him and just kind of check it out. But yeah, Debo, 
Uh, another good one. Why, why didn't I take him? Why did I, why did I take George Kittle and Scott Fishbowl? What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> the tight end premium gets people. That's why. Right. Just, you know, and I, I, when I made the pick too, I was just like, ah, there's a little piece of me that just hated the pick only because of the injury history. And I just, I, I, I think maybe that's what happened. I put that too much out into the universe, Adam. I think I might be the cause of George Kittle's injury. Could be. Would be devastating if that were the case. I'd be well. First of all, it'd be sick to know that I have that kind of power. Second, though, um, all right. So, any more, uh, any more positive ones? No, those, those are the ones. Those are the ones. All right, good. Well, let's turn it around here. Let's talk about some of the worst picks. I'll just stay with San Francisco right now and ask everybody, what in the world were you elevating Brandon Ayuk so much for? Like, I was way off of him, and I told people that I was off of him. And you look at the ADP numbers there, and Ayuk is going with T. Higgins, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, uh, you know, that whole group, Jerry Judy, Jamar Chase even. Like, you know, that's where he was. And my feeling about it was was that Ayuk looked great last year, but that was he looked great when Debo Samuel and George Kittle were both out. And I just didn't see – him repeating that sort of the, that late season or that, yeah, that like mid to late season workload that he had last year. I just didn't see it repeating for that. And I, and I was trying to be adamant with people. Just don't do it. Don't do it. You're overdrafting Brandon Ayuk. And, uh, and they didn't listen to me. They didn't listen to me. Of course they listen to me when I say draft Mike Davis, but they don't listen to me when I say don't draft Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I mean, it's an offense, too, that it's hard to maintain with the way they want to run the ball. You can't maintain multiple players in this offense, and we've seen it on a week-to-week basis. They just It's not a pass-heavy offense that can support all these guys. Nope, not one bit. Not one bit. So give me some bad ones, man. You make any, did, you, did you just get anybody, like, completely wrong? Uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, I was very high on him, and, you know, he's a great route runner. I thought with Bridgewater and his accuracy that it would, you know, bow well for Judy. I mean, he did get hurt in week one, but still, even after that, when he came back, I mean, uh, the guy doesn't have a touchdown this year. It's just a completely awful pick. So, yeah, Jerry Judy, definitely. Yeah, that was a tough one. And then right around, again, his area there where he was going – um, a lot of a lot of great wide receivers that you you may or may not have passed up on uh, if that happens. Yeah, Judy was a tough one. I said it before. Mike Davis was a horrible call on my part. And I know you tried to talk me out of it, Adam. I know that we differed on this and you came at me and you're like, oh, no, no, I'm not into Mike Davis. Um, I genuinely thought that Mike Davis and Carol. I mean, I just I whiffed on that Carolina offense altogether. I thought that Carolina offense was going to be put together. Uh, a lot better. Like I really thought that Sam Darnold was going to be able to like do good things over there based on what Joe Brady's scheme is, right? Like just based off that, um, it was trending in a very positive direction. And I was like, well, with the you know, if the passing attack does hit like that, and you know, Mike Davis is uh, or you know, oh, that I mean, that was when they were in Carolina. Like, jeez, right? I'm just I'm talking back and forth here. Keep forgetting he went to Atlanta. Oh, and he sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's just so there, there are two whiffs right there. I whiffed on the 
on the Carolina passing game, and I whiffed on Mike Davis going to Atlanta. Yeah, I just wasn't buying into a 28-year-old running back who has really never had a full workload. And when he did last year, he wore down in the second half. So I just don't think it's wise um, to pay for someone. Um, And again, one of the arguments that people get wrong all the time is, well, there's no one else in the backfield. He's got to get all the touches. There's always someone else that could emerge. And in this case, it was Cordaro Patterson, who, again, no one saw coming playing the role that he did. Um, And then to see Davis go on the fourth, fifth round, I was just like, you know, thank you to everyone when they made the pick. You just (laughs) made it easier for me to get a player I want. <laughs> um, Cordero Patterson, would we should we agree that he was probably the best waiver wire pickup of the season? Um, I guess it's between him and Elijah Mitchell, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, Trace people Sermon. people spent like some people spend eighty to ninety five percent of their fab on Elijah Mitchell, and in the end, it did work out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh my God! Do you remember Trey Sermon? Do you remember that guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I had no problem drafting Raheem Mostert, then coming back around like a pick or two later and drafting Trey Sermon. Um, but then all of a sudden, Sermon started to go ahead of uh, of, of Mostert, and I was like, oh, I'm, "All right, I'm out now. I'm not going to draft him before the veteran." That's not going to work for me. Oh, that's a, that's a good one for people who missed on that one. Damn, San Francisco really threw people for a fucking loop this year. Certainly did. Um, any others? Uh, not a pick that I made, but it was a bad pick. Saquon Barkley, man, because yep. you kept playing him every week. You know, you're like, well, I drafted him early and he's going to get the volume. But, I mean, this Giants offense was so, so bad. I mean, he is 32nd in points per game in PPR formats for running backs. I mean, the guy hasn't scored a rushing touchdown since week four. Um, and yeah, he had 102 rushing yards in week 17 because the Giants just kind of gave up, didn't even pass, and he had 21 carries. But it was a disastrous season if you drafted Barkley. Horrible. Horrible. Um, I think I, I had him in... I think I got him in one league because he just he kept dropping. And I was like, all right. I mean, I I feel like at this point here and I mean, this was like like late second round. Um, you know, I was like, ah, you know, I mean, I could probably take a shot with him because I've already got, you know, Dalvin Cook. So beep, beep, beep. I impair him with Barkley and see what happens. But, yeah, that was a that was a shit pick. And then, you know, and then, but I, I ended up drafting Devontae Booker. <laughs> To handcuff just to be on the safe side there. And that uh, kind of saved me a little bit. Not a lot. Not a lot. Um, I whiffed on uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I, uh, I I genuinely believe that with, an, you know, with a full training camp and with a full year under his belt of you know, Andy Reid's system and what we were looking for, I thought Clyde Edwards-Alaire would do better. I, uh, I ended up, you know, I mean, it was like a, it's like a mid second round pick in most cases. Um, but yeah, I just uh I, I I blew that one. Yeah, I thought he would be a little bit better too. Um, but yeah, it just hasn't worked out for him. I mean, Williams comes in when he's out and and does better. Yeah, like I hope I genuinely I hope that they don't bring back 
CEH this weekend, and that it is Darrell Williams running against uh, against Denver. Like I, I would be interested if I'm like playing like short slate DFS. I would I would use uh, Darrell Williams there if uh, if CEH doesn't play. Yeah, I mean he's been better. He's definitely been better. Definitely been better. Um, the Kenny Galladay pick. Oh, listening to you talk about Kenny Galladay early in the season um, was one of my fondest memories here on the uh, on, on the whole thing. Why you you weren't a fan of him? Yeah, no, I remember <laughs> seeing him go on the before. I think it was before he had like an injury scare. People were taking him in the fourth, fifth round, and I'm just sitting there like, wow, really, man? Like you guys are taking Galladay that early? And look, he's a really talented wide receiver, no doubt about it. But he was coming off an injury plague season. He got a big contract. I just didn't think he was a good fit with Daniel Jones. You know, Stafford don't care. Galladay could be covered down the field. Stafford's going to throw it up there and let you get it. Daniel Jones ain't going to do that. If Daniel Jones sees someone like five yards within you, he's going to be like, yep, can't throw it. He's covered. He's not going to give Galladay the opportunity. So um, I just thought it was a really bad fit. Um, with Daniel Jones, and clearly it has been. I mean, it's been a disaster. That whole Giants team is just uh, – I mean, I love it, obviously. But I think they they haven't had a lead. What oh, I saw this stat. They haven't had a lead. Is it like – At all couple, this season? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, something I, I like that. I don't doubt it. Or they haven't had a – yeah, oh, I forgot what it was. Some stat where they haven't – had a winning record or above 500 in like two or three years at any point in the season, something like that. Somewhere. If you guys go back into the, the past episodes somewhere in like August, I don't remember what it was, but I do remember we were, we were having an ADP conversation. We were talking about wide receivers and somewhere. And there's like, there's definitely a, a what the fuck are people thinking rant from you uh, on drafting Kenny Galladay. Um, I just, I have a distinct memory of it being an extremely entertaining rant. <laughs> I think maybe I took him in like a mock draft or something like that and brought him up to you. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, all right. Well, yeah, some, uh, some, some lame ducks here for, uh, for, uh, for, for the 2021 season, some really great picks, uh, as well. Um, damn. Um, all right. Any, uh, any final thoughts here on the best and worst of, uh, of 2021, Adam? Um, no, I mean, for me, I just didn't get the, uh, I didn't get enough Cooper cup. I only had Jonathan Taylor in one league. So it's the guys who went off that I didn't have enough of. So I don't think I had like, I don't think I had a lot of awful picks, but I don't think I had the boom picks enough either, which is probably why, you know, I made the playoffs, but couldn't win a championship because I didn't have enough. You know, when you look at the top guys at points per game, you know, Taylor, like Eckler, one league, Taylor, one league, Fournette, one. Uh, you know what I mean? Cooper Cup, I only had in best ball. I didn't even have in redraft. So I think that's that's what hurt me this year is I didn't get enough of those uh, league Difference makers. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Look at the, uh, the advancement of certain teams where I had Jamar chase or where I had Cooper cup, uh, in comparison. It's a good point. It's a good point. You got to get those guys, those, uh, 
you know, I mean, whatever. It's it's not like they're just staring you in the face. You gotta take a couple of shots, take a couple of risks. Like taking Jamar Chase was a uh, was a risk. We joked about it here on the show, right? Like whoever's dropping passes at the uh, at the at the tail end of uh, of training camp, and uh, and and their ADP is just starting to plummet. Like those are the guys that that's that's the wide receiver, that's the rookie wideout who I want. Like no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, especially if they set out a year or two. Even better. Oh, goodness. If they sat out a year. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. So some of the best of the worst. What do you guys uh, think? You can always hit us up on the old Twitter machine. All right. At Roto Buzz Guy for me. At Adam Ronis for him. But in the meantime, uh, tomorrow we'll take a look at some of the uh, some of the spreads, some of the lines and talk about some possible early leans. Uh, maybe we'll get some more clarity on the old COVID front there as well. But for tonight, we say thank you for liking and subscribing. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been Annie Up, and we'll catch you next time.